0: Hi, uh, Dr. Zara. Hello? Can you hear me?
1: Hey, Vicky. Yes, I hear you very well.
0: Welcome. So thank you so much for joining in, taking out your precious time from your busy schedule and come here to share with your life experiences with all of us. Thank My you.
1: Pleasure. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> sure. So I just wanted to give a gist about Dr. Zara. Dr. Zara is a medical practitioner. She's working in general medicine in Dubai and okay. uh, she's taken her time out. To come in here, come here and share her life experiences with all the live listeners who are there, so that we can create a lot of impact in your lives. So Great a- <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> all right, Zara. So um, let's start from the basics. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from Zara. Zara.
1: Zara.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as a child. As a child. Mm -hmm. as someone who has been born in a certain family, who has seen certain customs, some rituals, some cultures. And then how transition of becoming a, a medical practitioner or someone who goes into general medicine, what was that thought? What was that impact? What was that event? What was that experience? What was that reflection that made you ponder more over it and now you wanted to serve the people? You
1: know, Vicky, actually i mean um the background that i come from is not a very uh, usual one that you see nowadays mm-hmm. so uh, you what one might call it a backward environment or such but as time went on like my parents also realized the importance of educating a girl so i come from a village to be honest like my origins my roots are very um, primitive if you might put it that way so for a girl of my family to um, you know even think of getting a higher education, it was was a, a far-fetched dream, if you put it that way. But my father is an ambitious person. And actually, uh, you'd be surprised, but this was my father's choice for me. <laughs> so and then later on it became uh, my choice as well. So uh, I think, it was, it was a more interesting journey rather than if I had researched and gone into it. So, uh, I think I, 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 enjoy it more because I was learning to accept the career choice that my father chose for me, you mm-hmm. know, so that is one aspect other than that. Uh, I mean, once you get into medicine, once I, I was starting studying even basic sciences and all of that. So from that point on and moving forward, I never looked back and I knew that this was something great that I had to keep pursuing and getting better at. So it's, it's been an eye-opening journey. It was it was a journey that I didn't choose for myself, but it became more and more exciting. You know, one of those, I don't know if you relate, <laughs> but that's how it went. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. And uh, what were you like a child how were you as a child were you inquisitive were you introvert ambivert extrovert if you can reflect a bit on that
1: Mm -hmm. i was a a daydreamer of sorts Mm -hmm. but when i say daydreaming doesn't mean that i was blank i was a ponderer if you put it that way so i I'd be thinking about everything from galaxies to stars <laughs> and you know the funny part is like everything just happened in my head like I would try to find the answers within me of even of scientific things that's a weird thing I did as a child I wow. think so um and I think that I found some co- I got to some conclusions which later on I found out to be true. You,
0: you could have been an astronaut. <laughs> 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 and,
1: <laughs> no, I very much like my feet to be on the ground mm-hmm. uh, I, I Though I like to fly I sometimes used to dream of being a bird But, uh, you know, space is not for me As mesmerizing as it is But uh, no I think uh, being a doctor opens up so many avenues for you to connect to humanity I think isn't that all we're all about? I mean, if we can, in our short lifetime, just get to understand human dynamics of, of health and well-being and disease states, I don't think there's anything better than that. In, in understanding the way the body works, we understand ourselves and our uh, scientific intricacies, you know. So, um, that way, I think an astronaut's job is not suitable for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. you were basically curious about things,
1: yeah, I was curious, but in in a coy, shy sort of a way. Mm-hmm. And you could you could call me an introvert, an introvert, mm-hmm. but uh, very uh, inquisitive within my own being. And also I resorted to books and knowledge and uh, you know scientific sources later for all the answers that I needed, even religious scriptures. I mean, I, w- I was interested in everything, you know, part of the reason why I couldn't really make a proper career choice for myself. And maybe my dad could have that influence to mm-hmm. kind of push me to do what I'm doing today because he thought it was a good career choice. And I do. I remember that I, I sort of uh, I put up a little fight. That was mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. Mm, but then I had to put my weapons down. <laughs> after a while, and given to his decision. So, a uh, part of do you the feel, reason.
0: Do you I mean, feel that uh, one of the reason you accepted whatever career choice the parents thought for you was because you were not having the clarity?
1: Exactly, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Like I was interested in so many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would be thinking about a lot of things even as a child. So, growing up, I think my thoughts kind of shaped um, the way I was. Um, interested or wanted to know and learn, so I'm a learner. Basically, mm-hmm. I loved academics. I loved reading. I liked sciences. I liked uh, mathematics, business. Even when I had to choose between science and and commerce, I was I was a bit torn apart. You know, torn mm-hmm. between the choices. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It is that kind of an interest where you can't focus—an mm-hmm. attention deficit of sorts. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you're trying uh, to yeah. hold on to the ground, you're trying to hold on to the reality. It just—it yeah. uh, just comes in front of you, and you try to align yourself according to the flow.
1: Yeah, you have to. You know, you have to be um, single-minded. You know, goal-oriented. At some point in your life, you cannot always. Um, be just wanting to do everything I've learned that, that I have to pace things so it's all been a learning experience like for anyone else so I, I haven't given up on all the other interests but I'm timing things and um, you know unofficially um, informally learning about you know, the other things that I'm interested in, whether it be online or reading up so uh, it's all good
0: it's all good (laughs) if uh, like I always feel that uh, the timeline that we go through Mm. the experiences that we have it changes our personality a lot and we are also aware about that these were certain things that we used to do these are certain things that we have added into we start uh, associating dissociating or adding Subtracting, dividing, multiplying All these little aspects Of behavior, personality Body language, whatever that is there From A to Z mm-hmm. So what do you feel When when I'm taking you down your memory lane And on your timeline What are those elements that have changed in you That are the elements That have grown in you And you have grown on them Which have uh, Carved and shaped your personality In a way beautiful manner in a very different manner taking you on a certain journey whatever that you feel like sharing
1: Hmm. for starters I think um, as a child like I told you I was uh, very uh, secluded even amongst a crowd of children Mm -hmm. Um, I would not mingle as much or I would just be lost and even as my mother recalls she tells me that you'd prefer staying a bit in the background, mm-hmm. away from fights, and not a not a messmaker, not a naughty child.
0: So and I think was, with uh, what was the reason like? Why why you never wanted to go out there?
1: Um, I feel as as much as I can recall, it was I just have a passive nature, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you say that life experiences, how have they carved my personality so far? I learned how to. You know, be passive, but also get involved. Like, even if I am passive as a person, that's innate for me, but, um, you have to socialize. There's, you know, in this nowadays, you really can't just be in the background and not, not get involved, be it school or college, university, workplace, normal, uh, you know, social gatherings with your friends or whatever. So that was one thing that I learned how to do, and not overdo, but just do enough to get by. But there was no other specific reason why I was like that. I guess it's just how I was, you know. Some kids are passive, and some kids are very—they—they—they um, they, they like mischief. I—I I don't think I was one of those. <laughs> But you know, the funny thing is that those things come up later in life. I think if you do not experience that or your personality or your ground nature doesn't allow you to do that earlier on in life, somewhere or the other later on, you you want to experience that, I feel. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm more explorative, more uh, willing to take risks, be a um, troublemaker now than I was as a child you call that trouble but yeah <laughs> so that is something that i i feel like i missed out on not because of any uh fear or um any sort of insecurity no it was just how i was and i still am. i find myself uh you know going back to that baseline my my timber is very very low <laughs> mm-hmm. like i don't i don't um if you leave me alone, I'll be, I'll be perfectly fine by myself. You know, doing nothing. Just staring at the wall. If I'm making any sense.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I was just uh, thinking that while you are taking us through your timeline, I'm just trying to create this uh, visualization. I suppose we are standing okay. in a room um, on which uh, every area of the wall suppose we have to paint an element of your timeline from your child, uh, someone adolescence, or puberty, going to college, then going to different organizations, right. whatever different timeline areas of your timeline. What are those uh, things that you would like to carve onto that wall? You would paint if you want to paint your mind with those images. What will those images look like?
1: The first image would be of a little girl child
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a typical dress on, a frock, mm-hmm. with no mm-hmm. toys in her hands, okay?
0: Mm-hmm. Mind
1: you, mm-hmm. no toys. How mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't a toy child.
0: I'm minding that. <laughs> yes, no toys. No toys. Um,
1: yeah, just her by herself, okay? And I'd like to add a little, very cliche, but a star. Gazing into the sky, looking Mm -hmm. at a star, you Mm -hmm. know, just mesmerized by.
0: So, the star is like a toy for you because you yourself don't have the toys. It gives you an opportunity to look at nature as a toy and play with it and let it play with you, right?
1: Yeah, more like in awe of things that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, naturally kids don't really sit and admire. Like the night sky was something, even to this date, I just love looking at Mm -hmm. clouds in the daytime the scar, uh, the stars in the sky at night, um, the moon, like these very uh, simple things existing for a long time, but we don't notice them on a daily basis. And to this day, every day, I feel like without fail, if I go out, there's not one day I do not admire the sky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So as a child, like that would be one picture of a little girl looking up at the sky. I think any, from then,
0: any particular reason, Dr Zara, you mentioned that you had no toys with you.
1: Um, I had no particular interest in toys in I, I don't know, it's a blank, but I, I remember specifically once I went to a shop and I saw um, a rack full of dolls. you know how the toys are lined up. there's car section and then there's a doll section and there's a b- brick section and Legos and all of that. so. Mm-hmm. I just walked past it. I saw them, but I didn't really have any interest. And I had money in my hands at, th- at that mm-hmm. time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Eid time we had some money that all the kids got. So I ended up... Uh, I think I bought cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was more interested in food. Yes, maybe that's what it's been all
0: along. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that... Uh... Rest of the kids they were to, they were going towards the toys and you were going towards eating something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was with my brothers and they were they were picking up cars and those little robot toys, Robocop and the Ninja Turtles and that stuff.
0: And you wanted so, to eat something?
1: <laughs> no, there was nothing else to buy. It wasn't that I really wanted to get something. But I specifically remember walking past a doll, a life size <laughs> doll, and not picking it up, not being interested in it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, uh any specific reason why I did that time? It wasn't like I was deprived of toys. There was a lot of toys at home, but I just didn't play with them. Mm. I was I was more very um academically oriented even as a child. Not that it was forced on me, but I think my um my day went by. I started uh, schooling very early, so I don't I didn't have much time uh, for other activities, and before I started schooling, I was tuitioned. So, uh, I think education and a certain routine was a big part of my life from the very beginning, which left little or no time. I did play outside, like running and hide-and-seek and all those stuff. That was that was a regular. It wasn't like I didn't like play and fun.
0: And you had a lot of friends who were there in your inner circle?
1: Um, I had my brothers and my cousins, and in school, yes, I remember. I still remember my childhood friends, and I wouldn't call them. There were people I knew in school, so <laughs> that was all. Yeah, I just know them till school. I was very active in PE time. It was nothing of that sort, so not mm. having toys has nothing to do with... I think that, again, ties us back to my passive nature, I think. Did not like uh, tell tale stories. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So this if is you one can... picture. One mm-hmm. picture that you are mentioning that you will be carving onto the wall. What other pictures will be there? Mm-hmm.
1: So if I had to put it, put the next phase in my transition um, of a sportsman. Mm-hmm. I think after. I was very interested in sports even at home and uh, art so I'd say like uh, I was still, still a child maybe up to the age of 13 12 or 13 mm-hmm. so teenage I had that phase yeah till the beginning of my teenage years I was I, I started um developing an interest in the art forms mm-hmm. more of painting and murals and of that sort. So you'd, you'd put a Picasso on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprisingly good at it, or, or so my teachers told me. And that was the first time I started feeling the need for being competitive. You know, that spirit rose in me then. And I think that's when I started moving away or developing on, you know, building on my passive nature. So mm-hmm. I, d- I had that little, uh, that kindle of um, competitiveness was lit. So mm-hmm.
0: Was it also yeah. because of the fact that you had a lot of kids around you and you wanted to put a mark in front of your parents that yes, my brother is doing this, my sister is doing this and this is what I am. You wanted to put out yourself as a personality.
1: Uh, no, it was out of genuine interest, I think. Mm -hmm. even to this day I I really like any sort of sport forms so that that was actually an um, an escape for me running was I remember I was always part of the athletics team so when I used to run I used to feel like I'm flying Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there's this obsession with flying and the skies though I don't like space like I don't want to go in space it's not that I don't like space but yeah so um sports it was for a long time.
0: So have and... you done any kind of paragliding or where you no. can just feel like a
1: bird planning to that's that's the aim <laughs> soon <Money> enough
0: <laughs> or paragliding or whatever stuff that you do in the sky
1: no, I haven't paragliding is on my bucket list Hmm. soon
0: because that it just makes you feel like a bird right
1: yeah that would be great skydiving as well
0: skydiving yeah exactly skydiving paragliding bungee jumping
1: Hmm. bungee jumping is a little scary isn't it
0: I don't know I'm not into sports at all.
1: I'm not <laughs> no. into the harness at all.
0: I want to I want to live for another day. <laughs> yeah. So you are someone um, who was art, who is artistic, adventurous and someone who was uh, not much interested in toys but more about uh, experiencing the things around you well, yes. and more academic. And that competitive spirit that is there deeper than you. What else? What are the murals you would like to create?
1: Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of murals too. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: How it you makes don't... you feel while you're engaging and investing yourself into this particular craft?
1: Painting? You know, when you're doing a mural, um, I've even like stood on a ladder and painted mm-hmm. the wall so you're what? really close to the the image that you're drawing or you're painting oh. you know okay. so every now and then when you step down and you go a little far and you see what you've done like it just it's made me realize how perspectives change with the distance and the, you know the, the point of view mm. from, where, from where you're viewing the 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 image that you're making so
0: So climbing onto the ladder walking on the model and then climbing down and then observing it so you're observing your work and also you're creating your work right yes
1: and don't you think it's interesting that I mean we could also um, apply this to a day-to-day life you know you need to take a step back and see things every now and then if you're just standing up close and working on things you might miss out the bigger picture so you need to take a step back you need to look yeah. at it and you know the more breaks like my art teacher taught me the more breaks that you take like if today you think like you can't fix the flaw in the painting you sleep on it next day you wake up and then you will see it in a different light you. Or yeah, yeah so time and patience and uh, different perspectives are very important your single perspective is not enough and is never accurate to see anything so you have to see that's what I learned from art I'm realizing uh, as I speak
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I know you're someone who uh, starts getting into that reflection while you're speaking Uh, very few people can actually do that I normally, Mm. when I'm training people on voice work, I always tell them that uh, whenever you're speaking, try to listen to your voice. Before people can listen to you, you should listen to yourself. So that you can just do that filtering, adjustment, fine-tuning, and then let it come out of you. Whatever Mm. thoughts, expressions that you want to um, explode with. Mm. I was watching this documentary about Michelangelo Mm. and how he painted the Sistine Chapel. I took him a lot of time, like being in a certain position for a freaking long period of time. Yeah. It even broke his back while really, he was. But the wonder that came out, my God, beautiful, amazing.
1: Isn't so it? yeah,
0: definitely, when you take that pause, even while like when we're living life, like you mentioned that, um, just take that pause. So I I was just connecting it to our life, like like you mentioned. Um, every step that we're taking is like a brush uh, brush stroke mm. and you're trying to create a kind of uh, mural some kind of a color pattern and then you just take a step back and you look at it from a different angle, from a perceptual position and you try to gauge more insights into it because you've mm. taken that step back, you've taken that pause then that state and when you take a pause, automatically your mind, body, soul Everything it just goes into that priming state that you are you have become more of an observer rather than the creator. So this is there's a very profound thing that you're talking about, uh, Dr. Zara. Hmm. What else? What else you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> what
1: else can I share with your listeners? <laughs> You so a...
0: these these murals that we're drawing? What are the major aspects that you want to now jump on?
1: Um, so we reached where there was a, an, an artist in the making. Mm-hmm. Though it's it's sad to say that I didn't really practice it for so long, only so mm-hmm. long as I was in school. but it's uh, it's nice to see I recently started working on another piece with my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother's also very um, artistically inclined. We mm-hmm. were in the same school so it was fun you know like we would uh i would be working in the art room and then it would be him and his friends they'd come and they'd join a piece that i was making or you know we'd even like um co-work on the same piece mm-hmm. like if i, if I had if to leave I yeah
0: different interpretations can bring them yes something new like mm-hmm. an innovation mm-hmm
1: and there were times where they were able to fix the flaws in in my painting which i could and uh, not see even after days of working on it like it wouldn't even when i had a reference picture like you know sometimes you don't know why the horse's nostrils are not aligned the way they're supposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. but then comes another artist and he's able to see the the little angle the tangent that you miss so he mm-hmm. knows where to start erasing your your uh, markings and making another line from there so that's amazing to see you know how sometimes we get used to what we see we get so used to it that we think that there's no other way than the one that we see that this is the correct
0: are you using any aspect of this uh, understanding or awareness in your current line of work
1: Um, of art from art like projecting it onto medicine yeah not consciously but I'm sure subconsciously I'm very very I'm a great believer of the subconscious and how it makes you work wonders and miracles in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure.
0: So where do you want to take us from the journey of being an artist? What next?
1: I would like for you to enter the realms of uh there was another phase where I started you know um going in the backgrounds again started thinking deeper about life and you know around adolescence or your later teenage years you start mm-hmm. thinking about some people start thinking about uh, purpose the purpose of life and mm-hmm. you know
0: and this was uh, at what age
1: i remember in high school
0: school time okay
1: yeah in high school so uh, just around high school college that's when i really um Became very religiously inclined as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as one grows up, to understand your existence, somehow or the other, you will be tied back to your origins and your creator. So that naturally brings you back to religion. So I naturally found myself connecting more, you know, and exploring as well. I wouldn't say I limited myself to my belief system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um,. Uh, yeah, I, I became a a ponderer again, I think, but this time with more uh, with more sense in my head than I, than when I was a child, you know so um, there was a phase of inactivity and uh, so much so it got my parents a little worried that I was going into depression or or there was something wrong with me. Because it is also a turning point in any child's life when they're going through adolescence. Mm-hmm. So naturally mm-hmm. the parents are scared. So that was only a period of realization and, and also because I was so c- uh, close to making my career choices. So all of it was, uh, it was a great mix of emotions and I, I tried to unravel it within myself. So I wasn't much of a, you know, i wasn't able to convey my, my concerns or my questions or my queries like I told you, I wouldn't I find all the, I try to find the answers within myself and by myself, for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that's narcissistic of me? <laughs> That no I one know, else could help
0: no you. Know. you with that awareness, self-awareness, comes from a state of self-awareness, self-confidence, self-belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, narcissistic normally goes towards more towards the aspect where you uh, stop listening to other people. You were still listening to people, right? But it's just that the choices that you made, those were the decisions mm. that were taken by you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: At this time, Dr. Zada, if I can ask you, if I can just try to probe you a bit more. Mm -hmm. When you mentioned that during the time of your school and all, you started pondering over this question and you wanted to prick your brains about what will be your purpose in life. Did anything come to you? Did anything uh, that you reflected on the past experiences that you have had in your timeline? Were you able to come to any kind of thing that can become a niche for you in the near future?
1: i did realize very early on that i was a good listener Mm -hmm. or i proved to be a good listener for people time Mm -hmm. and time again from uh, from you know primary school i'd say i had a lot of friends who would who would want to spend time with me who would want me to listen to them and Mm -hmm. give them opinions about things so people always showed interest in my opinions and maybe I didn't understand why or perhaps I had that clarity when I spoke to them
0: yeah. so
1: that which brought them to discuss their problems or you know just how you feel comfortable talking to someone and maybe it was because of the the calm and passive nature that I had that people do not like when you're when you're stressed you do not want a um someone with a high energy state you want someone who's very running on low battery <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think and you know with um, very um yeah not not all that noise I think people try to avoid the noise and they just want some serenity you know around them so
0: I think, uh, this is the reason in the medieval times uh, when people wanted to say something and they felt like uh, opening mm-hmm. themselves up they used to go into the forest they used mm-hmm. to find a bark in a tree a hollow and they used to just put their head inside and speak mm-hmm. and utter whatever that they wanted to say because trusting humans becomes a bit dicey but nature is something that only believes in giving not taking Hmm. I think this is also the but uh, I was just this thought was coming inside me which I wanted to ask you that one of the reasons you became a good listener was because you didn't want to speak much so that people don't know you much you were trying to hide yourself by becoming a good listener
1: that's a different take on it you're probing me for me to <laughs> pick on my insecurities.
0: You are a doctor, and I have to get <laughs> certain doctor keywords into the conversation, for For deeper. Yeah,
1: I, I wasn't an insecure child that way that I wouldn't speak because I was insecure. Um, see, if if I had a lot of.
0: No, I'm I am not say insecure. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll not use the word insecure. I'll just say that because I've met certain people who say that we are very private. Right. And being a very private person, people come to me and they try to probe. And if I'm not giving, they start telling me things about themselves. And then I keep on listening. I'm like, wow, that's a very interesting way to make someone speak. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Yeah. No, there's a certain need to, um, for some people to vent and some Mm -hmm. people do not need to vent Mm -hmm. I think I am one of those who does not need to vent
0: Mm. so So you feel so that means you have this uh, presupposition that many times when people are coming to have a conversation with you it's because they want to vent out
1: because I feel that they do that. not that I feel I mean by the end of their talk I know they have vented out
0: and Mm. that is the
1: observation that I made throughout Mm. so I never ended up asking people, why do you come and open up to mm-hmm. me or talk to mm-hmm. me, but. Um, and
0: why do you allow them to like give your ears to them?
1: These are obviously people who are, um, at some level, they're my acquaint, more than acquaintances, friends or mm-hmm. people I see on the daily. Uh, I'm talking about school time and high school time. You're not really um, keeping so many walls. you your friends and you're not friends at the same time. There's no. Uh, the, the the lines are very blurred you could <laughs> who's your best friend you people's kids have like three or four best friends that the definition of best oh, friend is, yeah, is lost
0: in part that. of your inner circle that is what you're saying
1: yeah like people who are part of my inner circle who have already um obviously i felt that they were um uh, worth talking to or they weren't that bad or they were harmless which is why mm-hmm. i let them even um interact with me you know i was very picky about who i spoke to and who i and and not to be part of a, a group or a gang like i was very away from those
0: things thing, also this inner element which is coming out where you just want to create an environment for the person to become very comfortable in sharing their feelings and you want to give them that uh, opportunity where they can vent out their emotions do you feel that aspect is also there
1: See again, it wasn't something that I consciously did so that people could come and
0: mm-hmm. reach
1: out to me. But I think
0: They're unconscious on the subconscious level, because this element is something which reflects in your uh, medicine field, the element of service, the element, the element of uh, creating something very congenial, a congenial environment or a congenial ecosystem for people. Do you feel something on those similar lines?